Welcome to my cozy crypt. Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin, a Tales from the Crypt <laughs> retrospective, brought to you by Bat and Spidey, episode 14, for crying out loud. To, to surprise you earlier and like be one of those funny sound effects guys i, I feel like one of my cats like when a, a sudden noise happens just yeah like i know it's coming but i can't be prepared enough yeah. and i just Chuckles jump pissed. straight in the air um i tried to be as funny and, and goofy with the sound effects as this episode of tales from the crypt it was like I was editing, sound yeah. editing this episode of Tales from the Crypt. It's so fun. Because it's exactly what I would do with the episode. Yeah. They needed Michael Winslow, though. Really juice it up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always... Uh, that scene from Police Academy, mm-hmm. where he uh, mimics the woman eating, and he sounds like this, like... She's, like, taking a bite of a sub or something, and he's like, makes this horrific sound. <laughs> and is like, the person that she's eating with is always like hungry diane that's i say that to probably once a day to somebody in my life and they have no idea what i'm talking about that's awesome all right (laughs) it's like this weird yeah he's i mean what a talent that guy had i just watched that that movie alphabet city i think i talked about last week or whenever i talked about he's in that whoa yeah i think it's like right before he got police academy he he's in the semi-serious part. Like, of course, they use his mouth stuff, but he's just like one of the guy's drug dealers. He's just like always hanging out on the street. Um, Is he like robotic drug dealer? Yeah, I, he does some, <laughs> I think he does do some robot stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's good, though. It's good. Yeah, we got to get him on the show. Like, finally. Oh, We've been God. trying for weeks now, but like, we got to put our foot down because he's been hemming and hawing about it. This guy. Yeah. I know he wants to do it. Yeah, it's just the people, you know. It's it's the red tape in between us and his, you know, his people. He doesn't know that we're genuine people. That's the problem. Like he's playing this Hollywood game, making us talk through his agent and his managers, and it's just this. It's this runaround, you know. Yeah, Michael, you don't got to play that game with us. I know. The problem is, Chuck. You just said that, but. (laughs) His manager or his agent is going to download it and he's not going to play this part of the podcast so Michael can hear it. It doesn't it's matter. True. It doesn't matter. All right, Dale, this yes. is The Crypt Keeper's Coffin. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Episode 14. And this one is about a rock promoter named Marty Slash. And he's running a Save the Amazon concert at his rock club. Uh, on Sunset Boulevard, I presume. 
and he's he's raising all this money, but he's got plans for that money that don't involve the rainforest, if you know what I mean. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna withdraw that from the bank, cold hard cash, put it in a suitcase, and hightail it. Mm. Start life anew, and maybe solve his uh, hearing problems in the process. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the basic rundown of this episode. So Dale, what do we got here? We who are the main players in this one? Man, so what we got here is providing the soundtrack to the episode Iggy Pop Ugh. and the Garden Weasels. Leather Weasels, I think. Sorry. Leather Weasels, you're right. <laughs> I only know because I looked it up because I was like, is this was this really one of his backing bands? And it, it's not. I couldn't find it. We got Katie Seagal, uh, you know, yes. prime married with children time right now. She's a vision in this, Am- obviously. Amazing. Vision. And we have the pirate man from, with the wooden eye from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> who, That's hilarious. Who I, parlays. I'm not a big pirates watching guy, so I didn't think of that. But he is, uh, he's also in the episode of Seinfeld where him and George, um, try and pull into the, the parking spot at the same time and then it's like an all day thing where they are refusing to move it's that guy yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> with uh, a guest appearance with the voice of Sam Kinison God rest his now son. you know be warned you have to be a person patient with the Kinison way I mean Kinison <laughs> obviously he's a comedian comic god Mm-hmm. But if you're not on this wavelength with Sam Kinison, I mean Kinison going to Kinison in this episode. God damn it, Marty, you blew your chance! Come back! Oh! 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 I'm getting mighty sick of you. Hey, didn't you read that label? That stuff's 80% alcohol! Let's burn it! Fuck you! God. I, I, uh, I'd i like to think he was reading it off a script because the jokes were not funny. And I was like, mm. no. this is, he's probably not riffing. He's probably just reading what they what they gave him. But how about that Kinnison scream? I, I, it's been so long since I heard mm-hmm. that, but it's like... Yeah, super it's, recognizable. It's like, oh, yeah. That Kinnison so like, scream. On the script, there's just brackets. <laughs> Scre- it, do your thing. Do your, yeah, said. do your thing. Yeah. So the pirate man is uh, stealing the rainforest money, and then his conscience, Sam Kinnison, chimes in right at the wrong moment and says, mm-hmm. you don't want to steal this money. You know, he kills Katie Seagal, the banker, who yeah. <laughs> is uh, wants her cut because she's in, she knows what he's about to do with the money. And she shows up like in disguise as like a, a rocker lady. <laughs> you never did notice me, did you, Marty? But I noticed you. I noticed how you withdrew all the Save the Amazon money today in cash. Well, schmuck, 
Can't say I didn't warn you. And he has no idea who she is. She's yeah, like, she's like seducing him. And he's like, oh, great. And then she takes off her wig <laughs> and puts yeah. on glasses. And he's like, oh, no, it's my banker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what <laughs> the fuck is happening here? It's the same person. I mean, it's literally it's the worst job of, yeah. of d- that I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. The old glasses and wig trick. Yeah. So she says, uh, you know, give me my cut. Mm-hmm. And he takes uh, his axe guitar. Is that a, is that really an axe, Chuck? I don't know. Oh, the it's like um, it's a Gibson uh, oh, Les see? Paul. Yeah, of course. I don't even know. He said Pete Townsend gave him that guitar. I don't know if Pete ever played this. Bother. It's exactly right, and that's why me. I knew you were going to debunk <laughs> this fucking episode for us, Chuck. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, he 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 bludgeons Katie Seagal to death with a guitar. Um and somehow the smallest amount of blood gets spread around the room or doesn't get spread around the room. Um right. Cuz he he just he manages to stuff her in a drum case owned by uh whose drum case was it? <laughs> oh, uh Mr uh the Mormon. Yeah, Suppl- Mr. Sepultura himself. Donny Osmond. <laughs> Donny I don't know Osmond, why yeah. I chose Sepultura. But. <laughs> Donny Osmond's drummer's road case. She stuffs, he stuffs a human being in, in there. They play, which made me happy that they play all kinds of shows at this venue. Yeah. I was like, really? Donny Osmond's playing this place? This is like yeah. a, I mean, it's like 1990 rock club. Like this is where, you know, Great White and Enough Z Enough and. <laughs> Great White. Did I say Great White? Yeah. <laughs> Poison. Motley Crue. Yeah. That type of White place. Snake. Yeah. I um, um, I bought one of my first cassettes I remember buying was at the Kmart. Mm-hmm. And I think I bought White Snake. It was either that or 38 Special. Oh, my God. And I don't remember why. I didn't even know what music was when I yeah. bought it. But I, I I think I got a new tape player for Christmas or something, and I was just like based probably on the cover of the cassette alone. Yeah. Was it do you remember the cover? Was it like the the white snake one? It was like I think it was all white with that weird like like uh like golden emblem in the middle. It said WS on it, I think. Yes. That's that what it was. Mm-hmm. And that had what was the hit? Uh uh Going down the only road I've ever known. That song. <laughs> God damn it, I sang again. Is that the, uh, wow. <laughs> you know, with Tawny, what's her name? Tawny dancing on the car, the roof of the car in the video. Yeah. Tawny Catan, is that her name? You're gonna burn in hell. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that song, that, that big hit, going down the only road I've ever known. Here I go again on my own. What? Yeah, that's it. You're right. So, you know what I just learned about that song? Is that White Snake recorded that? Actually, I don't even know if it was White Snake, but it was David Coverdale's. It might have been the band he was in before White Snake or something. That song was like 10 years old, and they'd already recorded it and released it, and it was like kind of a hit. Whoa. And then, like 10 years later, they re recorded it again. And uh, then it was like number one everywhere. Um, But it's interesting to go hear that other version. It's actually, it's a little bluesier because they're, you know, Mm. it's much earlier. So it was in that 70s kind of blues rock. 
Kreese. This is the yeah, Kmart with that cafeteria inside of it until it became a Little Caesars. Oh, God. The smell of the popcorn when you walk in? Mm-hmm. It's not fair. I'd also, uh, I, I started buying my VHSs at that Kmart with my um, my first job as a dishwasher. Oh, I went man. and bought Revenge of the Nerds and Commando, I think, with my first dishwashing money paycheck. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a uh, double feature. Boy heaven. <laughs> boy heaven. <laughs> Muscles and nerds. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Man, my, that was my... Well, I did pick strawberries, but yeah, my first proper job was washing dishes. And I still can't get the smell that my khakis <laughs> oh, took man. on after yeah. working there for a few weeks. So, oh God. Greasy. Oh, that smell. Yeah. Awful. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. We're still talking about this episode, obviously, <laughs> but... My at at my greasy spoon that I worked at Flix yeah. Cafe. Oh, there were these. We used powdered Tide packets. What? It was never dishwashing liquid. It was never dishwashing powder. It Weird. was Tide detergent powder. Weird. And I don't know if something was going on where he got that cheaper for. Yeah. Did I'm you have gonna... a a dishwasher, or were you like literally? No, I was, washing his, I was washing wow. those pups. Hoard. I was washing them hoard. We had one of those industrial oh. dishwasher things, like the, the huge doors that go up and down, and it gets super hot. We got a badass um, here. But you couldn't put everything in there. Like, I had to clean, like, the, the giant pot that had, like, uh, beef in it or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for the dried beef gravy. Yeah. And I think yeah. I had to cut french fries. I think that was, like... Mm. The one uh, the one food prep thing I did was cutting French fries and putting it in the the tubs with filled with water and putting them in the fridge. Yeah, I definitely had to peel potatoes uh, for the you know the home fries and at breakfast. Mm. Mm. I remember I would I would come into work at six a.m. and they would open at like five. Yeah. So I would come in at six and there would all, already be a shit ton of dishes waiting for me. Oh yeah. And they would sometimes like I would I'm 15. I'd walk in and they would be like, oh, we're gonna need some plates. <laughs> Yeah, like they would all start doling out, like yeah. telling me what it's like. Don't tell me what I need to do immediately. Yeah, I please. just got here. All right, let me let me settle in. Yeah. So, Katie Segal shoved in the Donny Osmond um, drum case, and all the time, Kinnison is a good good conscious. Is like you don't do this. You still have time to turn yourself in. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do this. Um and. This, uh, you know, pirate man is very perturbed by this conscious that he has, oh and he's fighting it at tooth and nail, and he's like sticking swabs in his ears Ugh. to try to fish it out. I mean, yeah. it. But you know, during during like the swabbing, there's like this noodling sound effect. Ugh. Yeah, they like, really. <laughs> they like they really it loaded up the sound effects on this one. Yeah. Yeah, because like in the beginning of the ep- it starts with him at like the uh, the ear doctor. I don't know what they're called. I think he literally said ear doctor in the episode because <laughs> he's like complaining about a noise in his ear, which I guess was Sam Kennison not being able to vocalize completely yet. Oh, yeah. Because he said it was like, like the way he described the sound was covering his mouth and talking. And so then I the guess doctor it was, yeah. cleared it up. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he gave him all this, these like giant Q-tips and weird creams and stuff and to <laughs> pour into his ears. Yeah. Uh, 
So that's what, yeah. But yeah, things, you know, he's, he's going crazy. This guy, he's like, he's, he's all sweaty. The veins on his head, his, his head shaved. So like, and you can see all these veins like running up his skull and they're just like bulging. Yeah. I, there was so much sweat on him and I have to think, I mean, it looked natural. Yeah. So yeah. when immediately when I see sweat like that, I start thinking about like the collar of your shirt, what's going on, like, um, you know, the sides of your back. Yeah. Ugh, I can't stand it. Ugh. I can't stand it. Ugh. But hopefully it was uh, sweat spray or whatever they use. But uh, yeah, so he he's going nutso. And uh, he, he's, but he's ready to make his escape. Like the cops even come in and he's like, you know, but it's just a complaint about the sound in the club, which was really weird, Dale. Do rock Super clubs weird. get complaints from their neighbors in Hollywood? That was like the loosest tissue papery <laughs> yeah. plot. Like, no, I, I don't, I didn't buy it for a second. It's not like they just opened up a rock club this week. Like the place right. has obviously been there for years. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's been doing it for twelve, assumedly there. Oh, yeah. But you yeah. know, it's on a on a major thoroughfare. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's probably not a residential block. Yeah, Iggy Pop is that. there. An, a young Iggy Pop. He looks yeah, so young. Finally, right? Like I yeah. I forgot that he could be this young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he had already been around since sixty eight. I think I know, right? And his, and you know, pants unzipped, even. Oh yeah, even yeah. in this pants that, unzipped, no top button. Mm-mm. It's peeps hair, pubic Pubis. hair, <laughs> pubis singing, and uh, but he doesn't make it. He, he keeps trying to get out of this club with his with his uh, briefcase full of cash. But Sam Kennison just keeps fucking with him, and he's he's like, there's like a cop at the entrance that he has to walk by, and he just can't bring himself to do it because. He look, he's just like a mess. He's a nervous wreck. Um, and he goes in the bathroom and people are giving him the stink eye. Uh, and somehow he ends up on stage um, and people are looking at him and, <laughs> and he just thinks, and Sam's just like, they know, everyone knows, they can hear right. me. Oh yeah, yeah. Sam Kinison's like, they can hear the voice in your head. They can all hear it. Right. Um, and he it's just like loses it and confesses the crime on the microphone on the stage to the whole crowd. What's the what's the turn here, Dale? What's the tales from the crypt ending? The tales from the crypt ending, you know, he ultimately basically didn't have to confess. He was being so reacted to um because he had like a bloody swab sticking out of his ear, just a, a nubbin of a yeah. swab. It was so deep down inside. So Kinnison's like, oh, you probably didn't have to confess anything. They were just horrified by the bloody swab coming out of your ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that was they, that was pretty good because it was like like a whole like five minute section where they never showed one side of his head, but it didn't didn't occur to me. And then he he finally turns and it's like, <laughs> yes. oh it's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then it cuts to our boy in jail, sitting in jail with his last meal, getting ready. Another getting ready to go to the electric chair. Yeah, that's set. <laughs> Getting some. I bet you that it's was a, a lot permanent of set for a while. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. This is like one corner of this working space. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna need this one again. Yeah. I think. Don't don't no need to tear that down. 
Yeah, keep that you one know, up. In between like seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep that one up there. Yeah, we're going to need that. <laughs> but the best, my favorite part of this episode was when he was sitting in his cell, like kind of catatonic and I think still listening to Sam Kinison, was the prison guard. Just, he has like a, a bean or something. <laughs> he just throws it at the guy's head. He's <laughs> about to go to the electric chair. It's so sick. <laughs> And they just laugh at him. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, he can't hear a thing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about him. So <sighs> and he runs to the electric chair. He like straps himself in. Is it time? Is it time yet? Is it time? What's the hurry, Marty? <laughs> oh, he can't He's like, wait. is it time? Is it finally yeah. time? <laughs> Kinnison, like, cue, cue to him in a cell on this last night, and Kinnison's, like, yeah. telling a, a rabbi, a priest uh, joke. Oh, yeah. I wanted to hear the rest of that joke, but I, I doubt. did it. Leave me hanging there. Yeah, this episode was, uh, it was so-so. It was also kind of like a, it was almost like a, a one-act play, because it, it almost all took place in his office. Like, almost the whole show mm -hmm. took place in that office. It, it felt like that sort of, like, you were watching a stage play. Uh, yeah, and it had, and it had. Um, I'm gonna go back into the Three's Company well, but it had <laughs> the energy of like he was like Jack Tripper, yeah, on the latest caper. It was very comedic, um, even comedic for Tales from the Crypt, which is pretty, you know, is comedic at times. But he had that. It's like high energy the whole time. He's like, you know, he's uh, He's fighting off work, you know, he's using words to like fend off people and keep yeah. him quiet. You know, it's like Mr. Roper's in the uh, other room trying yeah, almost, to find out he's gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's a whole yeah. lot of that energy going on. Very screwball. Like a screwball. Very comedy. screwball. Yeah. Lots of like fisheye lenses, I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, and close ups of his sweating face and bulging eyes. Yeah. Because I mean, like, amounts. you know, I mean, if you know this actor, like who we're talking about, you know, he's an interesting looking fellow. So, that, you know, that's that's why I hire him for his crazy facial expressions. Right. The only thing this director directed was this episode. Interestingly wow. enough, he did uh, screenplays. He wrote. He has credits for writing a bunch of stuff. Doc Hollywood, one of my faves. Mm. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Wild Wild West, 2000's The Grinch, Shrek the Third, <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2, and currently in pre-production, what? what? Yeah, that sounds like someone having fun up there. Yeah, it sounds like super fake. They read some rumor website on Ain't It Cool News and just threw it up on IMDb <laughs> willy-nilly. Right. They'll throw anything up there. They will, and they're like, oh, let's, let's make space for it here on the web. Yeah. Let's, let's turn. Let's spin up a new web page <laughs> reserved for Who Framed Roger Rabbit too. We only have so many web pages, Dale. You can't just keep wasting them can't on movies it. that aren't being made. Mm -hmm. um, next episode, laid on me. Well, it is a banger if you want. If you think that, well, it is a banger because it is firstly directed by Tom Holland. Uh, uh, Fright, Spider Man, Fright Night, Child's Play. <laughs> oh, that Tom Holland. <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home. Fright um, Night, Tom Holland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. And it is called Four-Sided Triangle. Yeah, that's what the, that's the Patricia mm. Arquette one. That's not possible. A four-sided triangle, Dale. Exactly. I so 
I'd love to know what the inner workings of this episode are going to be. Yeah. I love Patricia Arquette. Yeah. That's absolutely Vision. Speaking of visions, I mean, do you get more visionary? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Chelsea Ross, Billions, Imperfections, Elementary, uh, Chicago PD, Major League. He's been in things. Major League. Oh, wow. As well as Susan Blomart, Blomart, <laughs> 89's Pet Cemetery, X-Files, Blacklist, Bang Bang. So we got some more, you know, working stiffs. Been in the biz nice. a long, long time. Directed by Tom Holland, I mean, so. Yeah. Tom Holland was... He was featured greatly in uh, yeah. in that four and a half hour in search of documentary I watched on. Uh, oh, Shutter. cool! Did we talk about that yet on the show? No, I think we're going to talk about it when we record next episode of. Oh my gosh! Bat Inspire. Amazing. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, anything's. Anything's possible. Yeah. All right. Take it easy. We love you. Quite master the fingering. <laughs>